Welcome to the Questions of Faith podcast. I'm Brad Stevens here with Dr. Timothy Laredo. We have an exciting episode today, a little bit different, something that we haven't done before. But before we get into the episode, we wanted to talk about this next upcoming year. Can you believe this is episode 52? We've done this yeah. every week for the past year. Yeah, been awesome. It's been a fun journey. And uh, hopefully it's been a help to uh, people as they're living out their faith and uh, coming up against questions that they are facing as part of living a faith. Uh, base life. In this next year, we are changing up how we're doing the podcast just a little bit. And how about you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, really the only thing we're going to be changing is the schedule. Uh, so we've done one every week for a year. Uh, and just with uh, both of our schedules, uh, time is is really something that is changing for us. And the fact, uh, you know, I know personally for me, um, I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling, uh, promoting my book. And uh, I just started a new uh, being an adjunct professor and so I've got that on my plate uh, along with quite a few other things so we're you know we wrestled with how to how to move forward and we're not going to stop the podcast but we're going to do one every other week every other Monday so uh, just for sake that we can get those out uh, to you but looking forward to uh, diving into some new questions some uh, exciting things that I really uh, look forward to sharing uh, with with each of us today. Yes, so just a little bit different. Uh, The first episode should come out January 3rd. Mm -hmm. So the first Monday in January and then the next on the 24th and back and forth throughout the year. So that'll, hopefully you'll forgive us for that, um, but it'll definitely help us out on our end. We're looking forward to also having a lot of guests in this Mm -hmm. next coming year. Yeah, I'm excited we get several. Um, We have some very exciting guests lined up. And so today, though, what we're going to be doing is a little bit of a, Pastor Tim came in and he called it a grab bag. (laughs) So I have a set of questions, literally little strips of paper in front of me that I don't even know um, what they are. And we're going to pull them out and we're going to... Yeah, uh, machine gun the uh, the doctor here with different questions today. Yeah, so we had a lot of different questions that came in that were great questions, but really couldn't build a whole episode out of those questions. And so I thought as we end the year, it'd be great to kind of go through uh, some of these questions that uh, may couldn't make a whole episode out of, but still is a good question that we want to address and uh, help help our listeners with. So the first question we take a look at, flipping the piece of paper over. Mm. Well, we're just going to hit it off hard. Why does God allow suffering? Mm. A classic question from uh, many uh, critics mm. of the mm-hmm. Bible mm-hmm. and of God himself. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Suffering is is definitely a uh, subject in which we really have to deal with as Christians, but also to recognize that every belief system has to deal with it as well. Not just Christianity, but everybody has to answer this question. The atheist has to answer that question uh, as, as well. The atheist has to answer the opposite question as well. Why is there anything good? Uh, where do, why, why do we have anything uh, that is pleasant at all? But, you know, from a Christian perspective, to recognize, you know, this idea of suffering or evil, hardship, you know, recognizing that God did something really incredible when He gave humanity free will, the ability to, to choose Him or to reject Him, and that God didn't create us as robots, that we had to follow Him, we had to submit to Him, we had to obey Him, but He gave us the ability to reject Him and to to not worship Him and not live under His rulership, but to go our own way, to make ourselves our own kings. And the results of that is that we 
we when we go our own way and we we do our own thing suffering is involved in that and sin is the result of you know suffering and all those things that brought about uh, all of all the suffering that we have in this world is the result of human sin and so you think about that from from a big macro perspective you know suffering is a result of living in a fallen world living in a world that has sin in it but then you think of it, you know, more of an on an individual aspect, uh, you know, why do I or, or you face suffering and hardship? And there are things in this life that we go through that are incredibly hard and incredibly difficult. And why, why do we have to face them? Why does God allow them? Wouldn't it be better if God just took the suffering from us, right? That that's the, some of why the, would a God that loves me mm-hmm. and has the ability pr- to protect me mm-hmm. let me suffer and hurt? Sure, sure. And I think there's a couple things that I want to quickly. I mean, this is a big question. We could do a whole episode on this one, but th- this idea that you know God is is a, is a being in which He has uh, allowed that these things in our life come that aren't pleasant and that aren't good, but that He is working in our lives through those things, and that He is a God who's not distant from that. So much so that you know this idea that God became flesh, that God came into our suffering, that God is not uh, one who is outside of our suffering but is acquainted with suffering acquainted with our grief and this idea that god is able and wants to take the suffering that we experience in this life and work it for our good that the suffering isn't just for um no reason but to that we would learn and grow and that we would become that which God would have us to be. Uh, and, you know, as a father, you know, sometimes you don't get your kids out of every situation that they get themselves into immediately because they need to learn. They need to grow from those experiences. And suffering is fertile ground for learning <laughs> if we'll allow it to be and allow God to work in our lives. And just as the Bible talks about where Joseph uh, being portrayed by his brothers, you know, he. He says, you know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That God was working all things together for the good, even in the midst of suffering. So you're saying that just as Jesus' suffering was purposeful, mm-hmm. so is ours. And sure. I'm kind of getting kingdom, kingdom mm-hmm. vibes. Mm-hmm. Sure. That this suffering has a purpose for the greater uh, mm-hmm. good of his kingdom. Sure, yeah. And to recognize that the suffering that we face in this life doesn't mean God's abandoned us or that God doesn't love us or his his nature has changed in any way shape or form uh and to 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 know that god god is working in our lives even in the midst of suffering and so great question so pull another question out of the hat is it wrong to question god mm, wow those two kind of uh, <laughs> dovetail together a little exactly. bit uh so uh yeah so i i think it's uh, one of the things i love about the bible is its rawness, its realness, especially in portraying uh, characters in the Bible. And, you know, you look at uh, the Psalms, you look at David, he's, he's, a lot of times in his prayers, he's, you know, he's asking God, why is this happening? Why, why are the, why are the wicked prospering and I don't seem to be prospering? Why uh, are these things going on in my life? Or you you look at uh, in the New Testament, you know Thomas. 
where he's questioning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he says, you know, I'm not going to believe that this happened until I put my fingers in the his nail prints in his hands or I touch his feet. Like, I'm not going to believe this. And when Jesus appears to Thomas, I love that 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 he doesn't he doesn't berate Thomas for questioning. He doesn't say, Thomas, what's your problem? Why 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 didn't you have faith? Why didn't you believe? But he just shows himself and says, Try, test, look, feel the reality of who I am. And so I don't think it's wrong in, at all to question God. What are you doing right now? What I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand uh, your purposes through this. And to 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 question, you know, and have a real sense, God, I I don't understand. There's no uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think where it be, can become a problem is when we begin to question the. Uh, the nature of who God is, so the sovereignty in the situation. Yeah, or the. So it's really the, where that questioning leads you. Mm-hmm. Does it lead you to trying to align yourself with God's will, mm-hmm. or to align God's will with your will? Sure, sure, absolutely. And and this idea of you know you know questioning the goodness of God, that God's not good, or that God doesn't love me, the the loving nature of who God is. When you get in those areas, you're really you know going to a question of of you know saying you're not believing in who God is and that's a whole nother issue entirely but but to question what God is doing in my life and to say you know I frankly I have no idea I don't understand this situation at all uh, that's that, that's not a sin and that there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're recognizing that in light of some of these firm foundational aspects of I may not understand, but I still know you're good, and I still know you're sovereign. You're the king, and trusting you. And as Job uh, did, you know, you know, had a lot of hard things in his life, but he's, you know, though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. Like I still believe in the, in who you are as God. And that takes a level of spiritual maturity that some people may not have. But just to can you continue to strive to try and have that kind mm-hmm. of mentality? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm um, gonna take you a long way. Yeah, and you know, questioning uh, of uh, of faith and all those things uh there's nothing you know inherently wrong with questions like this whole episode the whole podcast is about questions as long as the answer to the question leads you to truth yes Mm -hmm. and sometimes we can try and find our own answer what we want the answer to be mm -hmm. yes and yeah the the point is you know i'm wanting to you know right now is a big deal of like deconstruction of faith like questioning everything for the sake of questioning and to to try to uh you know find some newer novel thing and and that's really not helpful but to really I, i genuinely don't understand God, what you're doing in my life right now? Uh, I think God, there's there you can there's a closeness to God that you can find when when you have those moments of God. I don't understand at all, and I have some genuine questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, to help me, yeah, you know, I yeah, believe, yeah, but help my unbelief. Exactly. Yes, that's great. Yeah, uh, the the man who comes to Jesus uh, uh, with his son who's mm-hmm. sick, and Jesus tells him, you know, if you believe, all things are possible. And again, the realness, the rawness of, he says, I believe, but the truth of the matter is there's also some unbelief. There's some questions still that I have. And man, Jesus just 
is is in that moment he's he 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 says i I, I receive that that he doesn't he doesn't you know berate that man for admitting his questioning but he lovingly helps that man in his moments of questioning god so pull the next question from the hat we have how can i get better at sharing the gospel ah mm. very good mm. this is a wonderful season of spreading the good news mm. mm-hmm. right now and um uh, how can we overcome maybe some of those things that have mm. hindered us before sure yeah, so we think about sharing the gospel. Uh, I think a, a good starting place is to understand what the gospel is, right? And we have a whole episode. We have a whole podcast on that. <laughs> you are in luck. Yeah. Good news. Yeah, really getting a good grasp of what it, what the gospel is. Because, you know, if you, if you don't understand what it is you're sharing, then you're going to have a hard time effectively sharing that. Understanding the bad news mm-hmm. and why the good news matters mm-hmm. because we can take care of what the bad news is. Sure, sure. And we go into that in that podcast. Yeah, and so having a good grasp on the gospel, that doesn't mean that you have to like, you know, you know, doesn't mean you need to be some deep theologian or anything like that, but just just have a good basic grasp of what the gospel is and what it means and what Jesus did. Um, and then from there, you know, really, uh, if, if you're going to share the gospel you gotta share it with people that don't know Mm. and so i think a good place how to get better at sharing the gospel is getting better at having relationships and building relationships with people that aren't saved that don't know the gospel um and if we're not careful the longer that we become christians and a lot longer that we've been christians the more we can silo ourselves and become in our christian cliques and Christian circles and all our friends are Christians and all the people that we interact with on a daily or weekly, monthly our basis. Our can be very, very small. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, and and even if it, it can be big in the fact that you know a lot of people, but you know them all, as, they're all Christians. They're all followers of Christ. And, the, you know, so I think one of the ways that you can really help to share the gospel more is by having more people who aren't saved see your life and have relationship with them and interact with them and have conversation with them. And and that's a great, I mean, who are you going to share the gospel with, right? Those people. That's And so, uh, really doing kind of doing an inventory of like, how many of my relationships do I have that aren't and they're not Christians, you know. Um, then it's a good place to think about when you think that might be a reason why I haven't shared the gospel is because everybody I know in relationship with they they know the gospel, so there's no need to share. And then another thing that I think is really helpful in thinking about that is, you know, sometimes people think about witnessing or sharing the gospel, sharing Christ as this thing where I've got to have some deep theological training. I've really got to have an answer for every question that the person might possibly ask. And if you approach it from that way, it's un- it's it's daunting. And you never will be ready. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's just not, not feasible because you don't know what they're going to ask and those type of things. And, you know, then that means the only way I can be a, a you know, share the gospel is if I, if I have, you know, some deep theological training. But to really think about really sharing the gospel, the good news, it comes down to sharing your story and what Jesus has done for you. And your story isn't like my story, isn't like, you know, Brad's story. It's not like, you know, some other person. It's it's unique to you. 
and just getting used to telling your story of what God has done for you and how he's worked in your life and and his uh, the power that he had in, in saving you and working in your life. And, you know, just telling your story uh, is a great way to to share the gospel and intertwining uh, the the good news as part of your story, I think is is really important. So those simple things. So you know, so how, understanding the basics of what it is the good news is, uh, and then looking at your network of people that you know, or do you have anybody in your life that is that needs the gospel, and then uh, you know, just sharing your story. Uh, people connect with stories, and and I think that's a good place to start. I love what you said about sharing your story. We had an individual that gave uh, some very good wisdom to my wife and I, and and they said, don't be jealous of anyone mm. else's story. Mm. I think, man, I wish I had a story mm. like that. Mm-hmm. Because they said, the fact of the matter is that that's my story mm. and you have your story mm-hmm. and your story is going to impact people in a way that my story can't. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how crazy the story may be or how simple mm-hmm. the story may be it's still going to impact somebody. And that's your story. Mm-hmm. And God has a plan for you, as you said, to tell your story. Moving on, next question. Does the multiverse theory remove the need for God in creation? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> we, we jumped into something here. We hard right. But this is awesome. Okay, let me say it again. Does the multiverse theory remove the need for God mm. in creation? Mm. Wow. This is awesome. Yeah. So, basically, the multiverse theory is this idea that you know, our universe is one of an infinite number of other universes and that these universes are all birthing, you know, one is birthed from another and that, you know, some Every die. choice splits off mm-hmm. from this timeline to yeah. another, to yeah. another, to yeah. another, to infinity and exactly. beyond. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And so, if that's the case, then from this theory, then it it there's no need for god because the universe is 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 creating more universes and there's so a couple of things i'd want to say to that first of all the thing that i think is an important thing to to point out from a philosophical perspective is there's no proof of the multiverse mm. like this mm-hmm. is a theory mm-hmm. but it, there's no way to prove that and so you you're really kind of getting off into faith when you are putting that theory forth. And so 
those who would want to to recognize you know, some people fail to recognize that that not every theory within the scientific community is based in science. Absolutely. Some yes. of them are faith-based mm-hmm. claims. Not all of them follow the scientific method. Right, and for yeah, sure. A lot of faith is involved. Yeah. And so if that is something that somebody wants to to believe in, they're welcome to believe in that. But we would also want to recognize what that is that they're that, that's a faith proposition that they're holding to, um, and to to recognize that. So, and then the other thing that I, I want to say is that even if you have this multiverse, you know, theory in which you know universes are creating other universes, creating other universes, at some point, either matter is eternal, or there's something outside of matter that's eternal. Because even if universes are creating universes or creating universes, there has to be a beginning point in which mm-hmm. there has to be a first universe, which is birthing other universes. And where did that come from, right? It, so, it has to be either eternal matter, matter has always existed, mm-hmm. and so in some ways matter is divine. Mm-hmm. That's great to say that makes it God. Mm-hmm. Or there's something outside of matter, which is which created matter. And so, so really the multiverse theory on a couple fronts fails to, to do anything to, you know, to the idea that there had to be either something outside of creation that, that started creation, or you believe that creation as, as, as matter has always been. And both of those again are faith based statements and to, to recognize that. So that's how I would answer that question. And we have dabbled in this wonderful conversation before, and it is a fascinating one to have. But if we truly believe that God is an infinite God, Mm -hmm. then it is plausible that there may be other universes. Mm. You know, it's a a very interesting conversation Mm -hmm. to have. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is another podcast for another time, but you think about, uh, you know, new creation is a completely biblical thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you read the last chapter of Revelation, like like God is is going to recreate, and so you know there's idea that the universe is is infinite is from a biblical perspective mm-hmm. not not correct, but God is doing that's a whole other podcast yeah. that I'd love to do at some <laughs> point. But uh, the idea of new creation, but recognize that you know uh, God this as a source outside of creation makes makes great sense as uh, something that was be the cause because mm-hmm. everything has to have a first cause and there needs to be something outside of the cause that is the causer um, to bring anything into existence. Absolutely. Next question, pulling up, who is the angel of the Lord? Ah, okay. Old Testament character that mm-hmm. is mentioned over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So this angel of the Lord character, who is this? Okay, uh, so we're doing rapid fire, so let's do the the short version answer of this question. So, the angel of the Lord is distinguished from, you know, angels um, that are, so the word angel just simply means messenger, 
That's all that that word means is messenger. So, so you think of like, um, you know, Gabriel or Michael, these, these uh, angels that are named in scripture who are messengers of the Lord, distinguish them from the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament uh, is, it's the only time this, this phrase is used is in the Old Testament. So this is a Christophany, which is a, an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. And so there are several different uh, times where we see this f- used uh, the Jacob, first time. Joshua. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first time is with Abraham. Okay. Um, where he uh, has uh, three friends that come to him in the evening, right, right before Sodom and Gomorrah, and if you remember that story. But, but there, there, there are several different accounts in which the angel of the Lord is mentioned, and recognize. In that context, what's going on is this is an Old Testament appearance of Christ, the second person of the uh, uh, the the Trinity. This is this this is this is the Son of God coming in uh, in this form, and so uh, I think it's helpful to understand that as you're reading these different accounts and these different stories, you see the angel of the Lord pop up to recognize who it is that's showing up. This is God. That's showing up in this form. This isn't just a, a an angel or a messenger, mm-hmm. as as amazing as that is, right? Um, this is something different entirely. I think it's interesting to point out that 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 the baby Jesus isn't the first time that God shows up on Earth. Mm-hmm. He does show up in His celestial glory mm-hmm. and this divine uh, nature, mm-hmm. but then we have this human divine nature mm-hmm. later on in Scripture. Absolutely, so that's kind of yeah. yeah. interesting. God, God coming into uh, the course of humanity mm-hmm. and revealing Himself in in critical junctions uh, to to help His people. Drum roll, please. Next question is: Why did Jesus talk so much in parables? Mm. Why did Jesus talk so much in this weird, fantasyful stories? <laughs> yeah, these these stories that are uh, you know they're fictional, mm-hmm. but they are telling us truths that are you know that are real, and they they are sometimes hard to understand or grasp why why didn't just jesus just come out and just say it right i mean that's well yeah. even the disciples a lot of times after the parents like okay what does this mean <laughs> what do we do every single day and thanks for the story it. jesus but and help jesus us this is just like sigh yes yeah. really yeah so there's a couple of reasons why jesus talked in parables one is a real practical one and that is that jesus is ministering and he's telling uh, about you know the kingdom of heaven and he's he's trying to uh, to minister on this earth his healing and doing all these works but he's doing that in a context in which people don't like him people are wanting to you know question his every move and religious leaders are hating him and and are seeking to stone him and so Jesus understands that there's an appointed time in which he is going to be crucified. He is going to die at the hands of these people. But if he comes out too early with these blanket statements of of these, you know, before his time has come. Yeah, he's he's going to be, you know, stoned before he has a chance to reveal who he is and to to show you know these miracles and these works that show well, I mean, his that divinity. That almost happened one time. Like he had to freeze everybody because <laughs> they was about to throw him off a cliff. I do believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So this idea that 
One of the reasons what parables do is this this story that for those who want to understand the truth and understand what Jesus is saying, they can get it and they can understand. But also, it's not so overt that he is, you know, going to be stoned over what he's saying. So, that's a practical application of it. Another uh, thing to think about when you think about parables is what is Jesus trying to do in telling these stories most of the parables you think about like matthew 13 um mark these these parables jesus is trying to reveal about the kingdom of heaven most of the parables are about the kingdom of heaven which is something that is a a spiritual thing which is something that is um I won't say it's non-material, but it's 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 something that is um, hard for us to understand in material ways. And so Jesus is using material illustrations to help us to understand something that is spiritual. This hand-in-hand middleman kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so it's this it's this picture that he's trying to create mm-hmm. of something that is not seen with physical eyes. So, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer. Well, I know what a farmer is. Like, I, I get that picture. The farmer that goes out and sows seed. I get that picture. Okay, well, well the kingdom of heaven is, is is spreading something. The kingdom of heaven is, uh, I may not see it in my, in my physical eyes, but the kingdom of heaven is spreading, right? And so, the kingdom of heaven is like this precious jewel, well, I know what a jewel is. I get that. And so, what Jesus is doing in parable is helping us to understand spiritual things and this, what the kingdom of heaven is in terms of which we can get it uh, because we understand these, uh, these physical illustrations that we're very familiar with. Very interesting one. Why is the doctor so smart? <laughs> That's not a question. <laughs> That's a very good question. No, it's phenomenal. No, the question really is, how can I best teach my children the Bible? Mm. Mm, very good one. How can I teach my children? I believe we the touched Bible? on this a little bit on um, how to save my marriage. Mm, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And just talking about the family and mm-hmm. uh, devotion time and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, teaching your children the Bible is, is I think, uh, something that, as parents uh, who uh, believe in the importance of the Bible, we have a duty to do, um, but it can be challenging to, to, to do that in a way that they can understand and grasp and is effective for them. So, I, th- I think a couple things to, to think about in there about teaching them the Bible. I think, you know, one of the things that Jesus did all the time when he's trying to teach people about spiritual truths is he tells stories. And so, you know, the Bible is, most of it is narrative. Most of it's stories. And so, telling your kids stories and the stories of the Bible and to 
to uh, at an early age helping them to understand these stories and to do it in ways in which they 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 questions can arise from that and they uh, helping them you know why did they have so let me ask you child why do you think david and the story of david goliath you know why do you think he was so brave you know so so helping them to think about the story why why did he do that or uh, and their answers you know may be you know comical or whatever but and then you can go off those questions and 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 work 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 with them and, and their understanding you know or uh you know as you're telling the story of the crucifixion you know why, why do you think jesus died why do you think he had to die you know you know, so so some heavy questions like that, you know, or but helping them work it out through their own little minds, mm-hmm, yeah, and then guiding them on that journey to truth. Sure, and to to help them to to think about the stories and to question what is God trying to say in this story. I think that is the thing that is is really helpful is helping them to see that these aren't just stories like. Any other story. This isn't like the comic book story. Uh, you know, this isn't like uh, Batman or Superman or some some story about you know uh, you know Little House on the Prairie, right? Th- these are not just narrative stories in you know that simple sense, but they're also trying to tell me something about God, and so leading them through that in a way in which they can. They're asking questions about the story that will lead them to God. So you've mentioned it in the marriage podcast, but mm. if you think these devotion times mm. are supposed to be structured and perfect, mm-hmm. uh, you talked about how your three little boys don't sit around with little monocles <laughs> and just listen to theological knowledge. Yeah. No, it can be crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, it's, it's something that it's, how do you teach them about the Bible? You do it over their life, right? Mm-hmm. You do it over the, 18 years that you have in, uh-huh. them in your home, right? Yeah, it might look a little different when they're three and four sure. than it does when they're 15, 16. Sure, yeah. And, you know, my oldest just turned seven, and he's asking questions that are different than the, the four-year-olds are asking, right? And I'm going to ask more uh, as time goes on. And so, but, uh, you know, how do you teach them the Bible? I think you do that through story and telling the story, uh, stories of the Bible in ways in which helping them to see that these are telling us truths about God that will help them to understand who God is and his nature and uh, his purpose in their lives. Great question that I think we could probably do an entire episode on is, is it a sin not to tithe? Mm. That 10%, if I keep it, what's going to (laughs) happen? Is that 10%? uh that important and who decide that it was 10th mm, yeah yeah so if you don't tithe immediately a lightning bolt is going to fall <laughs> from heaven and zap you right no so uh yeah we could do a whole episode on tithing and perhaps we probably uh should at some point um but in this answer i would just say a couple of things uh, the question is about is it a sin not to and um i think it can be a sin and the fact that you are willingly rebelling against what God has talked about in his word about being a good steward of what he's given us. Um, you know, you think about as a steward, I'm a manager of what God has given me. And 
that includes a lot of different things, but part of that is finances, you know. And and so I think this idea of you know recognizing, you know, the parable of the stewards, the one who took what God gave them and didn't use it in any way shape or form for God, they were judged accordingly because of that. And so uh, to some degree I think it's it, it, to recognize that if I'm rebelling against you know what it means to be a steward of what God has given me and saying I'm not going to do this it really it, it has a lot to do with showing your heart is one which is selfish right and and you know bible says God loves a cheerful giver like it, you're you're not you're not your relationship with God is all about what you can get out of it and you know it, 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 it just You're trying it, to work that gumball machine I'm yeah. putting in so that I can get out. Yeah, and so I, I think it can it, it can reveal some uh, some issues in our lives that are you know that have their root in sin. But to say you know well I didn't tithe one I, I you know I, I didn't tithe one time you know in, 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 you know for whatever a variety of different reasons does that mean I'm uh, you know sinning or whatever no I, I don't think we should have this legalistic approach to it either uh, where it's this thing where if I don't do it I don't have God's blessing ever again right but to recognize that you know the Bible talks about in Malachi chapter three. Uh, the prophet says, you know, will a man rob God? And they, he, he says, how, how, how are we robbing God? And he says, well, you're robbing him through not giving your tithes and offering. You're like, you're, you're, not, uh, you're not honoring God with the blessings that he's given you. Um, and so we could do a whole episode on, on tithing and perhaps we will at some point. But the, the big deal is to recognize, uh, you know, my tithing really it, it flows out of a heart that wants to wants to to give back a portion of what God has given me, not out of duty or not just out of well, I got to give ten percent. Ten percent is you know whether you give ten percent or twenty percent or thirty. The percentage isn't the thing that's the deal. The deal is. Is my heart one which is greedy and selfish and everything that I have is all about me and I spend it all on myself? Or, or am I, uh, you know, holding to a posture which is the nature of God, which is giving? God so loved the world that he gave, right? And I'm, I want to hold that posture of, of giving back a portion of what God has given to me so that uh, the kingdom of God can advance, and so that I'm not selfish and greedy, and that I can bless other people, and that 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 those less fortunate than me can be blessed, and all those type of things flow from that. Uh, so I think recognizing that what's the deeper issue of tithing, I think, is the the bigger issue. Um, whether you you failed to do it one time, you know, don't get too legalistic in it, but also at the same time recognizing it's important practice of spiritual discipline, recognizing I'm a manager of what God has given me. And final question, we made it through um, uh, to end off this year, Dr. Tim, does God still speak through dreams? Hmm. It's a good one. Um, so you think about the story of the scripture 
there's a lot of times in which God speaks through dreams. Many times, over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. Uh, New Testament and Old. Yep. It's not just an Old Testament thing. It happens a lot. And um, that's a really interesting thing to think about. Uh, I don't want to get too uh, psychological here, but you think about the state of dreaming. It's this unconscious moment. Um, but yet still things are happening that we remember and that we um, reference and, and think but about. We really don't have control over necessarily. Mm. Yeah. To, well, I mean, to some degree, we would say we don't have control over them because, you know, we're not conscious control of them but but subconsciously i mean if you ever think about it you know a lot of times they the what we dream about is things in our lives like uh, a reference to something that's happened mm-hmm, yeah or some, that cataloging cataloging of events throughout the day sure or friends family mm-hmm. members like you dream about things that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so right? what you surround yourself with can impact your dream sure so i can sure. see the control there yeah uh but again right but at the same time you don't have a lot of control because you, you know you have two heads in my dream <laughs> yeah 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 all of a sudden a, a monkey comes flying out of nowhere right and you're like what in the world is this right so and, and i think too you know something to think about you know in biblical times dreams were uh, significant people put a lot of meaning in their dreams and they saw meaning from their dreams you know we live in a society in which dreams don't have a lot of significance you know, you have a dream and it, you know, you wake up and you're like, hmm, that was interesting or wow, that was weird or whatever. And you just move on and you don't put any real significance in that, right? As something that is, has any weight to it, right? A lot of people in our modern society, that's the way that they approach dreams. So I'll just give a real personal example here. Uh, so a couple months ago, I had a dream in which my mom died and it was really i woke up with those emotions and it was like whoa it was strong it was real heavy um you know and i woke up i was like whoa that was weird you know that was strong um and i thought about it you know but just kind of went on with my life you know and didn't think too much about it well a few minutes later, she did die. And in some way, I think God was, was preparing me or mm. was trying to get my mind to think of that reality of a possibility to prepare me for what would happen. And so, I, I, I have to say, yes, God can speak through dreams um, to to heighten our awareness of what he's wanting to do or how he's wanting to speak in our lives. And that's not to say that every dream that we have is this divine Mm -hmm. moment in which God speaks to us. I think we have to be careful about that as well to recognize we got to, we got to take these things and filter them through God's word. And, 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 and and at the same time, recognize this is a possibility. God could be speaking to me in this moment and not just brush it off as be dismissive. Yeah. That this has no significance at all either. Do you think one reason that we're dismissive of dreams is because of our scientific knowledge and Mm -hmm. know-how and how we've kind of in some minor way figured out why Mm -hmm. we have dreams. (laughs) And since we figured it out, then it's no longer has that divine, uh, mysticism around mm-hmm. it like they did back in the Bible. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why people don't don't hold to them as something that that God could speak through mm-hmm. um, is because of that, and you know because also of the the variety of nature of dreams. Like some dreams are, you know, you're like, nope, there's nothing in there that God could have spoke that was through. The right? Pineapple pizza speaking. Yeah, and so because it's not always so clear, like this is how God speaks. Um, that we kind of brush it off. But I mean, you think about it from, uh, I've thought of this as, as an idea for a book and I might do it at some point, but like thinking about the variety of ways that God speaks in the Bible. If you really think about it, like, like God spoke through a burning bush. God spoke through a donkey. God spoke through a star. It led people. You know, God was speaking about what He was doing. Like God spoke, God spoke without saying anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You, you, I mean, there, there's a thousand examples in Scripture about God speaks through a variety. God spoke through dreams, right? And His dreams was one of the ways in which God spoke. And so I think when we think about the ways in which God speak can speak to us, to be open to a variety of different ways that God can speak to us. To have an awareness on awareness. our part and be intentional of looking for the Lord to speak to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without being overboard, right. because then we could see God in everything. Right. And to always filter those things through God's word mm. as we're, 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 we're looking, okay, God might be speaking to me in this moment. Um, what is God, how, do, how does God's word either confirm this or deny, say, nope, that wasn't God, uh, because it clearly goes against the principles of Scripture, uh, but also to to be open to ways in which God might speak to us that are uh, not normal, quote-unquote, uh, the way that we would think that God could speak to us. Well, with that question, we are finally concluding one year. Mm-hmm. One year is now in the books. Um, uh, for me, I want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners and all of those who have reached out and asked questions and gave feedback. It's been an absolute phenomenal year. And we're not going anywhere. Like we said at the beginning, we'll be having episodes every other week, um, starting out the first Monday in January. But Dr. Lorito, is there any final parting words that you want to give to our listeners for this year? Uh, yeah, I just would want to say that uh, I appreciate, it, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and especially if you've made it through this far in this episode, I just want to encourage you uh, and, and say thank you to you for being one who is uh, continuing to strive in your faith. And that as you're going through and bumping up against questions and and seeking to understand God and more about Him and what He wants to do in your life, that you have pursued that by wanting to learn and, and find answers to questions. And that says a lot about you and where you're at in in your walk with the Lord. And so I just encourage you to continue to uh, live out a life of faith and walk by faith and let God bless you in 2022. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and writing a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. This show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. 
You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith Podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.